speaker. It's you got a Mac? I do. A drop it. Okay. Oh, for some reason it's, it did the same. Yeah, just airdrop it. Okay. That way you'll you'll see this computer. I don't know where it's coming from. Could be those um, choir mics. What? On the dirt set, I think. Everything's Amen. Ooh, that's hot. Amen. Welcome to church. I'm so happy that each and every one of you are here. If you're tuning in, we're glad that you've chosen to join us today in worship. We're going to open in prayer. And we're just going to ask that, that God will have his way. God of heaven, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you, God, for the privilege, God, to be able to come into your house, God, to worship you. God, in this season, God, we want to remember, God, what it's really all about. It's about a place called Bethlehem, God, where you were born. You lived, God, and you, you, you died and you rose again, God, for our sins. God, and we're thankful for that. God, we're thankful, God, for your blessings. We're thankful, God, for your goodness. We're thankful, God, for your mercy and for your grace, God, that you've extended to everyone, every man. Every man, every woman, every child. God, we love you today. God, we pray, God, that your presence, God, would just move. God, in this sanctuary. God, that you would touch hearts. God, that you would speak to us today. God, that your word, God, would be would be expounded. God, that, that our hearts and our minds today, God, would be changed and transformed, God, in your presence. God, we ask that you would anoint the praise team. God, as they lead us, God, into your presence. God, we pray that you would just have your way. God, we love you. We thank you. And we give you all the praise. Amen. Worship with the praise. Team.
Amen. Come on, let's love him. Come on, it's a little tight in here this morning. Let's loosen it up. God of heaven, we love you. God, we thank you today for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your mercy, for your grace. God, we've come with purpose. God, we've come to lift you up. Lord, we've come to magnify and exalt you today. God, you're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. God, there's nobody like you, Jesus. Nobody like you, God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, God, for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your presence, God, that we feel in this house today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to prepare to receive the offering this morning. Amen. We're just going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to bless the offering. God of heaven, we love you. God, we thank you today for your goodness. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we ask you, God, to bless the offering. God, we pray that you would multiply, God, and use it for your glory. God, use it, God, for your kingdom. God, we thank you. We love you. We praise you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for all your blessings. In Jesus' name.
God, to, the, to your throne. God, we thank you today. We love you. We ask it all in your precious name. We thank the Lord this morning. Please remain standing as we go to the word of the Lord. In Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, And the angel of the Lord answered and said to her, Let's just go back and we're going to read verse 34. Mary questions the angel. She says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? In verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God shall be called the Son of God. We're talking about Jesus here. We're talking about the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, overshadowing her and Jesus being born. We go to the book of Acts chapter 2, Acts 2 and 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. How many are filled with the Holy Ghost in the house? today. Amen. Feel with the Spirit of God, the Spirit working in you. Amen. And I do want to go back to Acts chapter 1 just for our reading. Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we see that Mary Question the angel. And here we see the disciples of questioning Jesus. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For truly John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the season which the Father hath put in his power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And we see in each one of these questions, the response was by the Spirit. And I want to talk to you a little while this morning about the true spirit of Christmas. The true spirit of Christmas. I want to start with a couple quotes and I'll just read them from the screen. Um, you, you may be seated. Uh, a couple quotes. Next slide. Roy L. Smith said this, he said, He who has not Christmas in his heart 
We'll never find it under a tree. We'll never find it under a tree. I'm preaching against your Christmas trees. All right. Calvin Coolidge said this. He said, Christmas is not a time nor a season, but a state of mind to cherish peace and goodwill, to be plenteous in mercy, is to have the real spirit of Christmas. What is the true spirit of Christmas? And one more. This was Howard Hunter who said, how is Christmas regarded today? The legend of Santa Claus, the Christmas tree, the decorations of tinsel and mistletoe, and the giving of gifts all express to us the spirit of the day we celebrate. But the true spirit of Christmas lies much deeper than these. It is found in the life of the Savior, in the principles he taught, in his atoning sacrifice, which become our great heritage. We're talking about the true spirit of Christmas. During this season, the statistics show that 38% of people have increased stress during the holiday season. For many of them, this generalized stress may be due to responsibilities, more social interaction, and less time to relax and to recharge. Many have physical and mental fatigue. Pressures of perceived obligations come during the Christmas season. Many feel that they have to travel, prepare meals, and give gifts. There's also financial stress during this season. There are high expectations that are caused by this exaggerated portrayal of the holidays on TV, right. in movies, yep. in social media, in the media in general. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's the disappointment and loneliness which may be experienced by some of our soldiers who are deployed and families that don't have family members here with them. Loneliness of not being able to see family and friends. To understand the true spirit of Christmas, we must understand the role and the mission of the Holy Ghost as a gift. How many have the gift of the Holy Ghost? Amen. 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 To truly understand the spirit of Christmas, we must understand the spirit of Christ. We find that during the conception of Jesus, there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I want to parallel that with the day of Pentecost. Because on the day of Pentecost, there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The angel Gabriel announces to Mary in Luke 1 and 35, he highlights the role of the Spirit. The role of the Spirit was to conceive Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost, he said, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The role and mission of the Holy Ghost carries forward to Pentecost in the book of Acts, where we witness the arrival of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, we read, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, 
You know, in an apostolic Pentecostal church, folks used to get excited when this was read. Amen. Maybe my folks online, you're jumping up and down right now. As I read from the book of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one, one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Do you imagine that today? You know, the prophet spoke of the presence of God as if it filled the whole building, as if you could see it when it came in. Could you just imagine that presence of God even now? Yes. That Holy Ghost role and mission in our lives. Amen. It's still happening. Yes. I want us to be excited about what the presence of God is doing, even in the building today. Someone being encouraged. Someone being saved. Someone being healed. Someone being reminded of who Jesus truly is. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That still, that still happens today. That still happens today. The Spirit is still overshadowing. And we need that. We need the spirit role and mission in our lives. Amen. From the beginning of time, God's redemptive plan of salvation has been unfolding. We can see in Isaiah 7 and 14, and if we would look at it as an announcement, Isaiah 7 and 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Shall call his name Emmanuel. Yes. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. God with us. Yes. And, and that's, you know, I know we have uh, religion, and we have all, you know, faith, and all these different terms we use for uh, faith names, and, and what Pentecostal and apostolic is. But I can say when I came to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, this was one of the scriptures that just did it for me. You know, to say that Jesus was God with us. God with us. And all the scriptures that support who Jesus is. He's full of man. And he's full of God. He was born of a virgin. What more of a miracle can you get than that? The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. And she was conceived with a child. Even Mary questioned it. Why? Because she said, I knew no man. But this announcement happened way prior to that. We see even in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, what, who was this announcement of? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That babe born in a manger. But it didn't stop there. Luke 24 and 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. 
That's what it was like for me when I was baptized in Jesus' name. It's like an announcement. Now, one day you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, it, it possibly was more simple than that, but I'm an analytical person and I question everything. You're not telling me that something's going to come on the inside of me and reside and cause me to speak something that I didn't say. Amen? And it probably, uh, without me being in my own head, it probably would have happened a lot faster, but it came like an announcement that one day you will be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And I look forward to that day when the Spirit overshadowed me and I was filled with His Spirit as the Scripture has said, and I spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Another announcement came in Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. When the Spirit conceives, when the Spirit creates, birth happens. Not only was there a birth of Jesus Christ, but we received the birth of the church when the Spirit overshadowed the disciples. And from that point, the Spirit had a role and a mission in our lives. And that mission is to witness to all the world. From the miraculous birth of Jesus, guided by the Holy Ghost, to the empowering of the disciples on the day of Pentecost, the true spirit of Christmas, it sets the stage for the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. The true spirit of Christmas. Pentecost signifies that continuing work through the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Both Christmas and Pentecost signify Emmanuel, the presence of God with us. Aren't you thankful that, that, you know, when you show up somewhere, the presence of God shows up? Amen. Amen. That's the mission and, and, and the work, and that redemptive work of Christ happening through you, through us. Amen. Because if I show up, I'm, I'm telling you, if I show up just raw, Chris Parks, I don't know if the role of the Spirit is working. I don't know if the mission of the Spirit is working. But I'll tell you what, when you show up with the presence of God on the inside, working through you, you know, it's not by our own power, not by our own might, but by the Spirit of God working through us, that we're able to bring others to Christ. The role of the Spirit. What's the role and the mission of the Spirit? You know, I did this by asking my son. I said, how do you define the role? And how do you define role and mission? And he used me to define it. And he said, when I asked him, I said, how do you define role and mission? He, he used the role of a father. He said, the role of a father is to be the leader of the house. So that's, that's sort of a title, you know, uh, leader of the house, uh, the priest of my home, uh, the, the guy in charge, whatever the case might be, uh, king of the household. That's the role. But then he said the mission 
of a father is to protect the house. So now it went from me having this position that I hold to actually having to do some work. You know, they got an expectation for me as a father in the household. And, and through the role and the mission of the spirit, the conception was a, a, a part of that role. But then the birth of Christ happened. And after the birth of Christ, we see the ministry of Christ. It didn't just stop at a, a, a baby being born in a lowly manger, and that was it. And that's the, the Christmas story. No, the true spirit of Christmas begins at the conception of Christ and goes on through our Pentecost. But we find in the book of Acts, it doesn't stop there. It's still happening right here in the church today. We're still carrying out that role and mission of the spirit in our lives. The birth of Jesus Christ. The role of the spirit is to be the divine agent of conception and feeling. Not only was Mary, did Mary, was she conceived of Jesus Christ, but we also see that in the book of Acts, they were filled with the Spirit. That is the divine agent, the Holy Ghost role. So we look at the birth of Christ. Now I want to turn your attention to this short video clip to remind us of the uh, uh, birth of Christ and the true spirit of Christmas. I don't know it would play. Hang on. Christmas, I think is what it's called. It's the uh, Charlotte Brown Christmas. Love it. Don't have to anyway, I want to I play that clip. It's about a minute and 50 seconds long on YouTube. Amen. So while he's looking that up, I want you to look at your neighbor and ask him, are you in the Christmas spirit? <laughs> are you in the Christmas spirit? I got some people shaking their head. No, what does it take? What does it take for you to get into the Christmas spirit? Every 
everything you can name. Santa Claus, life-size reindeers. They've got lights on top of the house. They've got lights flashing the music. You can't even see the house for all the things that are in the yard. We got the true spirit of Christmas back here with Sister Ian. I like when I can, when I'm able to bless somebody or give stuff to somebody that maybe is in need or um, I saw that they really wanted something and I, I came across it and I was able to bless them with it. Yeah. Whether it's just um, baking something or if it's a financial need, blessing in that way. And just even if it's anonymous, just An anonymous the joy giving on of something that someone yeah. needs yeah. really helped her to get into the Christmas spirit. Amen. Amen. sacrifice of that from being born a babe in a manger Jesus Christ as we know him that blood still works yeah. that blood still covers yeah. and anytime we struggle we know we're able to get through that struggle because we have Jesus Christ yeah. we'll save yours for our Christmas celebration at home oh, amen alright are we able to find that brother Ian Yes, I found it. Uh, let me see if I can put it up there. Amen. The spirit of Christmas, the true spirit. In order for us to understand it, we want to look at the birth of Jesus Christ. talk about it. Hopefully we'll be able to play it. But we see in this Christmas video Do you want a tree? 
we're talking about a new covenant with Christ. If it wasn't for the birth of Christ, we wouldn't receive this new covenant. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. A new creation, a new creature. Ephesians 4 and 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. We're talking about the role of the spirit. The mission of the Spirit is to carry out the divine purpose of God. If we go back, which I don't have time to uh, show you, but you'll see a correlation. Uh, when, you, when you set side by side Luke 1 with Acts 1, and Luke 2 with Acts 2, and Luke 3 with Acts 3, and Luke 4 with Acts 4, that there's an announcement. There's conception or feeling. There is work in the spirit or ministry. We see in the book of Luke chapter 1 that there's an announcement from the angel Gabriel. We see in the book of Acts chapter 1 that there's an announcement from Jesus of what the Holy Ghost is going to accomplish. In Luke chapter 2, we see the birth of Jesus Christ. After the conception, the birth. We know that the angel Gabriel said that the spirit would overshadow Mary and she would conceive. But then she, she had or she birthed Christ. And we see that in uh, Luke chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we see the infilling of the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 3, we see the ministry of Jesus prepared by the Spirit, as the Spirit come down uh, like a dove on him. We see that in Luke chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, we see John and Peter going up to the temple uh, to pray, and we see a lame man healed, and that ministry started. In Luke chapter 3, we see Jesus' ministry start. Now this brings me to Luke chapter 4, and also Acts chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost, and he returned from Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days, he was tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did not eat anything. And when they were ended, he afterwards was hungry. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. Mm -hmm. And then we look in Acts chapter 4. Now in the when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. I want you to know the enemy, he gets a little disturbed uh, once the Holy Ghost starts its mission, All right. All right. saying, what shall we do to these men? Right. For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people. He's going to try to stop it. Right. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth 
to no man in this name. We see that in our society today. You can speak anything you want, but don't speak it in that name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all or to teach in the name of Jesus. Why did Charlie Brown and why do many of us question the true spirit of Christmas? And I want to answer that as we see in Luke chapter 4 and we see in the book of Acts chapter 4 because the enemy has diluted the reason for the season. He wants to convince the world and the church that the gift of the spirit is in a box underneath the tree. And it was sent by a jolly man from the North Pole. <laughs> we find that as soon as the role and mission of the Spirit is working, then here comes the enemy. But we're not to retreat or to struggle during Christmas. I'm talking to someone that's struggling. We don't need to be in fear during the season of Christmas thinking that we have to live up to what society says Christmas is. We need to know the true spirit of Christmas. And we need to know that the enemy gonna come and be prepared. Because Isaiah 59 and 19 says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. It's not by my power, not by my might, but it's by his spirit. I don't have to be in fear. I don't have to struggle through the season. I don't have to feel that I have to give someone a particular gift. I don't have to go into uh, financial stress because it's Christmas day. My Savior is above all that. And the spirit is going to lift up that standard. Not me. I don't have to defend myself. If you're looking for a particular gift from me, I don't have to defend myself. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 11 warns us to know the wiles or the methods of the enemy. Ephesians 6 and 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's his strategy? What's his scheme? What is, what is the plan of the enemy? It's to contradict God. To contradict his word. To counterfeit his word. It's to persuade or entice like we see in, in uh, Luke chapter 4. To divert us from our objective and our calling. And also, you see this in the church. To build bitterness amongst the believers. We must not allow the subtle deceit of a counterfeit spirit of Christmas to change our objective of carrying out the gospel message. I want to say that again. We, we cannot allow this counterfeit spirit of Christmas. You know, I, was, I asked my wife to take a picture the other day as we were driving, driving past what some people call the ABC store. The class six. The liquor store. One of the words that they put on there is spirit. Spirit. That's, that's, that's the world's way of lifting your spirits, getting you into the spirit, spiking the eggnog, if you will. But I'm here to tell you, you know, when you know, you know physiology and how the body works, that, 
doesn't lift you up. Amen. You know, it really doesn't lift you. It's a depressant. Right. So for those that are already down, your spirit not being lifted. You've got to have something. You, you need, that's not a gift to give during Christmas. Right. You need an eternal gift. Amen. Something that's going to lift your spirit for good. Right. You know, when the spirit comes, uh, not only is it a gift, but also uh, we have the fruit of the spirit. Right. Yeah. Love, joy, peace. Amen. You know, uh, long suffering. Yes. We need those. We, we have a gift right. in the gift. Yeah. Amen. We don't need to have uh, a, a spirit from the class six. And I'm going to close here. Amen. That's a good point to close. Amen. That we must know the true spirit of Christmas. First, first Peter 3 and 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And, you know, I don't want to make anybody upset. Uh, according to who we got in here and those that are online. But I'm telling you, there's no naughty or nice list to be read by some jolly man at the North Pole. If you're concerned about whether your name going to be on that list, I want to bring this scripture to your attention. And this is the true naughty or nice list. Revelation 20 and 11 through 15. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in this book, according to their words. You can stand with me. We're going to close here. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's the true naughty or nice list. There ain't no jolly man on the North Pole that you got to worry about whether your name on his list. A true gift that we need is the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because we're natural, we're human. Without that overshadowing of Mary. And this is this is this may this may approach your doctrine, but Jesus simply would have been a man. He simply would have been another man. But he didn't. He, he wasn't born of Joseph. He wasn't born of a man. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And we, in our lives, we need a, a Holy Ghost conception. We need a Holy Ghost infilling. We need the Holy Ghost to be inside, leading and guiding us through his role and mission in our lives. Without that, we're on our own. Naturally moving throughout this world, doing what we do. Allowing the enemy to come in and to deter us from the mission that we're called to do. 
I want to give you an opportunity. This altar is open. Maybe there needs to be a renewing, a refreshing. But the Spirit of God that once infilled, conceived, is not working to the strength that you want it to. Or maybe you just hear and you feel the presence of God. And you feel that, that fresh anointing and you want to stand in his presence. Please come. Please come. This, this message today, through the book of Luke and the book of Acts, Luke Acts, Luke wrote both books, so you can see his pattern throughout these books. Announcement, conception, birth, and then the work, the redemptive work of Christ in our lives. We need it. We need it. We need it to be working strong. We need to be quickened by his spirit. Come down. Allow that spirit of truth. Allow that spirit of truth to work in us. They're going to begin to sing. The altar's open. The true spirit of Christmas.
that we will have uh, in the 11 o'clock service. So you're welcome to uh, also attend that service. Thankful to each and every one of you. May God bless you and keep you until your return. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.